Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the B-Sides. Hello. Hello. Yay. Yay. Where we take pop music seriously, but not ourselves. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's great. That is what we do here. Yep. That is. Never take myself <laughs> seriously. Hashtag T. No. That's <laughs> no, literally impossible. Right. But this podcast is for lefties who love pop. It is. For people who love Carly Rae Jepsen and want to see the fall of capitalism in our time. In our time. Aspirational. Yes. Because um, Carly Rae has taught us to be optimistic about the future. That's true. Yes. Despite all of the the hardships of our present. Right. And for that reason, pop music matters. Mm. And that's what this podcast is all about. Hell yeah. So we're so excited that The B-Sides is now a podcast. It's not just a place on the internet um, for people who love pop music and also love lefty politics. You know, it's like for people who love Carly Rae Jepsen Mm -hmm. and also really care about the Democratic primaries. (laughs) But, you know, we're going to talk more about the former than the latter, I think, here. But we want this to be a home for people who are are lefties, but also just want to take pop music a little seriously, even though we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Right. That's what we want to do here. Right. 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 Um, speak for yourself, speak Hannah. For myself, as I do. <laughs> um, the B-sides for those of you who have been following since the beginning, it's been around for two years now, which feels wild. Um, we are mostly a newsletter. So I've been putting out um, newsletters where I write about something around pop music. Sometimes it's political. Sometimes it's just something I care about. Um, And also put out a 10 song playlist of underrated pop songs. So it's been something that people get in their email inboxes. And then because we have an Instagram and we have a Facebook group, which everybody should join, it's been kind of much more of a collaborative community. And I think we've realized as the time goes on that people want to want to hear want to hear our takes out loud and not just via their email inboxes. So that's why we have a podcast now. It's like the next level. Yay. Yes. Psycho <laughs> living thing. Level up. Um, so I feel like people should get to know who the three of us are. Um, so we'll just spend a little bit of time telling you who we are and why we care so goddamn much about pop music. Yes. <laughs> Maybe do you want to go first? Um, not really, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Mimi. Hi, Mimi. Hi, Mimi. Hi. I'm on the podcast <laughs> with my friends, Hannah and Becky. Hell yeah. And uh, two of my biggest interests are music and history Good and their things. intersections, but also separate things. And I would consider myself someone who can find, who can connect with music in any of the main genres, like when people say anything but rap and country, I'm kind of like, you're missing out. You need to do some Those digging. People are really missing out. Yeah. So there's that. And I mean, I'm you're also, a full-on historian. Yeah. Let's, let's own that. We'll, we'll own that. So I'm also so I'm also a saxophone player, 
um, and a big jazz defender, yeah. capital J, <laughs> capital D. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. I love, I love so much about it. The keys, the rhythms, the artistic freedom and collaboration mm-hmm. that come with that sort of thing. I love that. Um, the history of it, the mix of culture and artistic tradition that push the boundaries of musical expression and political expression in sophisticated and subversive ways. Hell yeah. And I feel like not that many people connect jazz and pop probably, but you have to defend pop in, in another kind of way, which we'll get into. Um, I'm also a historian, quote unquote. It is the closest job description or like background description I can give myself. I just always sort of felt like it was a weird word, but that's what I am with a background in like modern American history focus on race and civil rights and citizenship and mm-hmm. the evolution of those th- navigating the chappy waters of identity politics, if you will. We will. Constantly talking about <laughs> how America has always been bad. Um, but in the interest of elevating the stories of people who pushed uncertain progress for mm. decades and centuries. That all being said, pop music is the music I've loved longest, I think and often best mm. um is it a product of recognizing my own, my own sentience in the mid 90s at peak spice world um it maybe. could be it could be <laughs> is it when teen dance pop just became like absolute fuego or is that a bias it's impossible to say um is it when pop seemed to form this sort of like nat- natural partnership with hip-hop and r&b um, probably. But in tandem with that, I think I always remembered registering even as like a very young kid, kid the power of pop to sort of like light up a room in, mm. in a way that other musical forms can, but don't always necessarily to get people on a dance floor to like yeah. energize a car ride yeah. and things like that in very sort of special specific ways. Mm. Um, so it's been such an identifiable yet malleable sort of genre and i love pop music and i like defending it much like i like to the day we jazz even they're different jazz with a capital Capital j J. capital capital d defender i love history and music i love that go mimi we're lucky very lucky very blessed becky what's up with you hi everyone My name is Becky Stern, and I'm a full-fledged pop music lover, and I say that with pride. Since the early age of five, I choreographed dances to Spice Girls. Let me tell you, they were not very good dances. They were dances. I watched S Club 7 religiously, and I cried when Kelly Clarkson won American Idol a few years later. And it was when Kelly Clarkson won that I think something sparked to me that I was like, pop music is fucking awesome, and it can change the way that we view the world. But when I'm not obsessing over Kelly Clarkson's new song or my new Spotify mixes, I work in New York City politics, and you'll probably hear that throughout this pod, the deep love for New York City, and I don't tolerate anyone who doesn't. I'm looking forward to getting down and dirty, talking about music that I love, music that our listeners love, and how we can fight the patriarchy together. Welcome, Becky. Um, 
Okay, I feel like I really resonated with a lot of what you just shared, both of you, um, both of you who I know from different parts of my life, and it's very exciting to have the three of us all in one place. Um, so my story that I want to share, um, I'm Hannah Zoe. I have always loved pop music. And for some reason, even though it is the dominant, like as you guys were saying, even though it's the dominant musical uh, trend in the world, I still have always felt like it's the underdog and I've needed to defend it, which I don't really understand why. But I remember like fighting with my high school crush who was really into like rock and roll and Indian. He was just saying that everything I listened to, this is a person who both of you all know and some of our listeners will too. Um, and he, he actually introduced me to a lot of great music. Um, but you know, he definitely was like one of those people that was like, everything you listen to is garbage. And I just remember thinking, I, I actually don't think it is, even though it's more upbeat than what you listen to. Like, I don't think this is garbage. Maybe the High School Musical 2 soundtrack that I listen to constantly was a little bit, but I don't think it is. No, not the, every day, that's a great song. Gets everybody going. No skips on that. Album. No skips. <laughs> And it's one of the, yeah, no skips. It's a really Every great song. Great oh my song. goodness. Yeah. I really like that makes me cry still. Um, and I feel like in that way, I know that I was definitely a poptimist before I knew that that was a word, which is basically just like, I always demanded that pop music be taken seriously. Um, not in a way that it needs more attention or it needs a spotlight. I'm not trying to pretend that pop music is underrepresented. I've just always been interested in the fact that pop music is dominant and yet, I feel like the only cultural criticism of pop is just minimizing it as too commercial or too bubblegum or vapid or just bad. And I've never felt that way. And the other story I want to share is just that before I actually launched the B-Sides as a project, I was making like PowerPoints and really long emails to my friends about different aspects of pop music. And I feel like this is the chance to actually make those real. Like, for example... Um, one time my friend Hannah, Hannah, if you're listening, hi, um, asked me, what's the difference between Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato? It was the happiest moment of my life because I got to write one of the longest emails I've ever written linked to a thousand YouTube videos um, and like just describing every single facet of their entire lives. And this is exactly what I'm I'm here for. So with this podcast, we're going to bring all of these interests together um, what we're going to accomplish with this podcast, who knows? It's going to be up to you all, the listeners, um, for you all to let us know what you want to see, how you want it to grow, what topics you want us to cover. Um, but let's talk a little bit about what the structure of the podcast is going to look like now that you all have fallen in love with the three of us, as I'm sure that you have. It happened so fast. I know. It was love at first listen. We love you all back. Um, okay. So here's what we're going to do each podcast. We are going to have three main sections as of now, right? We'll see where this goes. We'll see how it flows. Um, we start each podcast with the A-sides. So what has been going on that is getting attention and that we should break down? So for example, you know, if this podcast had existed when the Thank You Next music video had come out, we would have jumped on and talked about it in the A-sides. So the A-sides is things that are getting attention, but we got to break it down. And then we'll spend the bulk of each of our episodes talking about the B-sides. And each episode will have a different B-sides topic that one of the three of us brings to uh, to the podcast. And we go super in-depth in something that has to do with music and or politics and something in the pop music world. So we have the A-sides and the B-sides, and then we have the U-sides, which is from you all, the listeners. So um, 
things that you all send in via the Facebook group, via Instagram, or through our email, um, we'll read in the you sides. And that's what we're going to do every episode. Who's hype? So how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I feel like there's a lot of good music stuff happening and I'm excited to talk with you all about it. Me too. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. day outside. I can't wait. Just it, It's when I'm thinking about summer, I just think of all the good music that happens in the summer. Yes. 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 It's happening. Yeah. Like for example, what? I if you guys listen to the new Shawn Mendes song, If I Can't Have You. Everything means nothing if I can't have you. I love it. I love it. Too. I love it. Love Sean Mendez. I know. Am I? Am I a Sean Mendez stan? Did it happen? And I didn't be. realize it. Be. Yeah, I think you're more into him than I, I am. But he's yeah, he's good. Two out of three of us love Sean Mendez, and the third is on her way. <laughs> I'm, I'm on my way. There's there's some that I there's some that I I love. saw him open for Taylor Swift um in the 1989 oh, tour and he was amazing. adorable. Um this is when and I did know the song Stitches, so I thought it was pretty awesome because I was like, oh, this is cool. Um and I'm very, very proud of him. I think he's doing a great oh, job. But in my blood really gets you. So you know mm-hmm. his close collaborator is Teddy mm-hmm. Geiger, who is an amazing songwriter. And who I just think is like absolutely fabulous um, and is like written a lot of good songs with Sean Mendez and other artists. She's amazing. Um, do you like the music video for um, the new well, song? What people are saying is that he's copying a similar copying or maybe there's some collaboration with Taylor because he is he is friendly with Taylor. Right. And so yes. the album um, or the single, I don't know if you guys can see, not our listeners at home can't, it's a mm-hmm. similar color, mm-hmm. like yeah. Easter, um, pinky, bluey, pinky. like soft color vibe. So wondering, the uh, speculators out there are wondering if there's a collaboration in the mix between Sean and Taylor on the horizon. Hmm? But here's the thing. Did Taylor just, she took no, I, that aesthetic yes. from Casey yes. Musgraves. Who probably took it from someone else, and maybe it's just that 2019 is pink. It's not just pink. The color though, 2019 like is pink. Soft colors. Yeah, pastel-y, like pastel-y. Did they take it from yes. Carly Rae Jepsen most recently? Yes. Did you? I wrote yeah. this in the B sides newsletter for anybody who subscribes mm-hmm. to the newsletter. That "Cut to the Feeling" literally looks yeah. like the cover of me. Mm-hmm. The cover of "Cut to the Feeling" looks like the cover of me. Yeah, she's Taylor can steal it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there's Russian. a Carly Rae Sean oh, that collaboration. That's the real listeners out there. Please let us know your hype, your crazy conspiracy theories. We're all ears. We're all ears for collaborations. But yeah, what have you guys been up to? What have you been listening to? Well, I've been for decades now um, <laughs> getting <laughs> getting song inspiration from mm-hmm. reality shows uh-huh. that I like to watch, yes. especially on yes. MTV. Because I used to give you the song information at the bottom, and it was great. Yes. Very helpful. It's very helpful. Yes. And I think they still do, but some of the songs really? are bad now. Um, but yeah, they really used to do that, and they were sort of like committed to getting new music out there that way. Um, and I have been, I watched this show, there were only eight episodes on Netflix called Selling Sunset. 
who was by the creator of also The Hills, another iconic mm. show, MTV show. Truly. Um, and there were some songs on, well, there was one song on there that I really liked and listened to like a million times in a row. And it was called Look At Me Now. And it was by... It's it was not called, Look At Me Now, though. The song that I memorized all the... The rap song that I memorized all the lyrics to when I was like 19. I thought I was so cool. It's not I'm that one. Paper. It's <laughs> That's another great one. That's a great song. Um... It's by it. it's by a girl band, which is great name for a band. Which is not Never anything, I don't think. I think it's just one of those. It's almost like a I feel like it's almost like a kids bop, but it's like it's like a it's like a fifth harmony kids bop. Wow. No way. I've yeah. never heard of this. I don't know. I looked it up on because I was like, what is girl band? And I looked <laughs> it up on iTunes and some of the songs are not very good, but this one song is great. So I've really been just listening to that great. over and over again. Or was. amazing yeah um so i highly recommend yeah i highly recommend combing through reality shows for any number of reasons but one <laughs> always which, something to be gleaned yeah. one of which is like to to get that music yeah oh my god i love that um this is not new um or not brand new but i've been i'm obsessed with everything julia michaels puts into the world and i love her new album and the song what a time with niall mm. is just it's so like meditative almost like it puts you in this like trance what a time what a time what a time mm-hmm. i'm like obsessed with it i've thought about potentially maybe doing a future besides podcast all about julia michaels and the way that she's totally redefining pop music rules so maybe we'll do it Let's- we gotta talk julia michaels because i have yet to get into her and i can't so for a conversation for offline or for our listeners on another day is telling me why the one song that really sold yeah. me was the clean bandit collaboration I miss yeah you. that's because a great there song. were so many there's so many instruments in that song and although that's you know a collaboration with like a you know dj so it's different mm-hmm. than her other music mm-hmm. i will say that's one of this is not about that uh, a knock on that song but to tell you about the others that is like one of her least good songs i will say because <laughs> the others are so good so i think you all have a lot a lot of exciting Julia mm-hmm. Michaels consumption. I listened to some other songs, so we may just disagree. Maybe on they that. just didn't get you, but I think it's I think it's just the snare drum in that one song. You know, it's so good. It's the really snare, good. Yeah, I, I know exactly know. what you mean. I don't know. It's a great song, but I I think I think she's very talented Ugh, songwriter. I love yeah. her so much. I love her. I love that song. Just I love like Niall. I will get to a Sean Mendez stand place potentially if I spend enough time with both of you. Becky will get to a julia michaels place uh-huh. where do you need to go where yeah where do i need to go tell me i don't know um i'm open to going wherever you need me to go okay and bringing it full circle mm-hmm. as we go to the next section an amazing thing happened recently when sean mendez released his song no, i don't know can't what's it called it just can't have you if i can't have you yeah if i can't have you if i can't have you he just when he released it he apparently sent cassettes of the song and cassette tapes. Did you all see this? And cassette tape, uh, I'm sorry, cassette tape machines, machines mm-hmm. where you can listen to cassette tapes. I don't even know what they're called. Yeah. And cassette players to his friends. And so Niall, going back to the Julia Michaels song with Niall that I'm obsessed with, um, Niall posted this adorable video of him unboxing this package from Shawn Mendes 
And when he played the song, the song goes right into the chorus, which I always find really fun. And Niall's face just lights up with joy. He's like so happy and like so supportive of his friend. And I just, I loved it. It made my heart so happy. I don't think I expected Niall to be like the One Direction boy that I have like been almost as obsessed with as Harry. Harry is still my number one, but Same. in the hiatus, I'm I'm very, ugh, the smile on Niall's face just broke my heart. I loved it. He looks sweetie. He's a sweetie. Yeah. That's cute. All right, great. Well, let's get into the A-sides. And these are the A-sides, where we talk about the big headlines of the day. So, what's going on? I've been listening to a new earworm. Tell me. It's called I Don't Care. Oh, God. And it's by... (laughs) Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. I'm into it. <laughs> Becky's into it. Oh, I'm into it. The one thing I find weird though is like the lyrics are like. I'm at a party. I have no friends. It's like, you're in Sheeran. I know. (laughs) Yeah. It took me, I love it enough that it took me until the third listen to be like, hang on. We're being scammed here. Like, this is Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber complaining about being at a party. Um. I really think that's real. And I think, um, okay, besides friend Rebecca, who I believe is listening to this episode, hi, Rebecca, texted, um... (laughs) Basically being like, these parties are built around you, Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. Like, what do you mean you don't fit into them? Like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like, oh, go cry about it to someone else. I don't want to hear this song. about. Ed Sheeran write his own music? Did he prior to becoming, like, famous? I believe definitely, yeah. yeah. And he's even written some of Justin's music. I wonder who wrote that song. Who wrote I Don't Care? Yeah. I can look it up as you talk about more things you like about it, which I don't understand. Well, as I told Hannah recently, um, I saw Ed Sheeran at a very intimate showing at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And when I was in college, my friends and I were like probably 20 and the oldest people in the room. Um, and it was just Ed Sheeran with a guitar and a bunch of 10-year-olds crying when he played 18. <laughs> but he's great. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. Okay, I have the update of who it was written by. Yeah. Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber, wow. Max Martin, and Shellback, and two others that look like they're added on. So those are like, you know, the top four kings of pop. And also, I feel like that's the kind of combination where when they all come together, they all make each other worse. I'm sorry. Right. I'm it's, really coming out hard against this. I don't no, mean to. No, it is like everyone's <laughs> personal experiences that make them endearing are uh-huh. sort of like dissolved into this vat of like the four of them trying to create an earworm that doesn't have a real substance or like make, make sense for any of their, right. any of who they are, except for the fact that they're expecting like whoever they're singing about in the song to do all this emotional labor at this like Take care of the other party. party. <laughs> Yeah. After this summer, when I have heard it one million times, I will probably eat my words and actually like it a lot. But as of now, it has not grown on me. My friend Vicky 
hi Vicky, if you're listening, texted me today, um, literally like an hour ago, saying I love the Ed Sheeran song wow, so okay. much. Great, fine, go I, for it. I like I like the beat, and I like I like the way they say stuff, even though like they suck. <laughs> I like Ed's voice. Yeah. Ed, yeah, it's, I, I mean, like it's his a beautiful voice. voice. It's a beautiful voice. I think there could have been some better harmonies. I think there, there could have been some them. actual harmonies. Yeah. And not yeah. some just, uh... You know that, you you all know that um, Ed Sheeran wrote Love Yourself, the Justin Bieber song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. And when you listen back to it, you were like, oh yeah, this is definitely an Ed Sheeran song. Mm-hmm. Like, it works. They The two hmm. of them work together. I do think, um, like, I like what Ed Sheeran does for Justin. Well. From Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber reminds me of Scooter Braun. And what did you, I think you caught something on Instagram. Well, recently. so we caught something on Instagram and then it was official. Okay. We caught something in April oh. on Instagram that Demi Lovato and Scooter Braun, manager to the stars, including Justin Bieber and including Ariana Grande and including like Ashley Graham. I don't think he just does music. Um, Demi Lovato and Scooter Braun followed each other at the same second. So everybody was like, oh my goodness, something's happening. And then Demi confirmed it via Instagram saying that she has signed with new management and she's making new music. And I'm so excited and happy. Yay. I can't wait. I'm happy. I hope this is the right timing for her. It hasn't even been a year since she got very sick. Um, So we'll see if this is is the right time. I hope it's a good influence I know. And I hope so too. She needs to be surrounded by people who love and care about her and have her best interests. And I love that you guys care. Not that I don't, but I feel like there are stands who are just like, they want the music or they want more content. But I love that you guys actually care about her as a uh, person. Yeah. She, she can take as long as she needs with music, mm-hmm. as long as she takes care of herself. Yeah. I do. You do have to hope, like, I don't know about Scooter Braun. I've definitely seen some things being like, not super hot on Scooter Braun, but I just don't know enough. Maybe b-size listeners can uh weigh in um but you you have to hope that someone who has supported justin bieber and ariana grande through like serious career and personal life transitions who they still stick by and seem to be happy with and like Mm -hmm. ariana grande needed a lot of care in the last year from her management and for them to be like you just put out an album you want to put out another one go for it like you want to do a million really high budget music videos go for it like do whatever you want have fun drop me whatever music you want like he could have i mean hopefully like people don't do this but i know in the music industry that you know managers will put red lines around things like that and for them for a scooter not to do that um you have to hope that at least that means he's like caring about his clients mm-hmm. i hope so do you think that an ariana and demi collab oh stop <sighs> Hannah, oh, Hannah. You, heard it here first, you did you heard it here first yeah um it, I hope it's not about being alone at a party. <laughs> See, that's how you know. Like, it wouldn't be, right? It would be so good. Mm-hmm. It would be so Although good. Although the last um, Demi collab, or one of the most recent ones, Fall in Line with Christina, was with Christina Aguilera, was a great song, but it did not, like, it did not hit the way that I think it was supposed to, or the way that the rollout made it seem like it was going to. So I feel kind of bad about that. Yeah. That did not get the, a lot of love. Yeah. Sad. It happens. It happens. We love you, Demi. 
if you're listening. <laughs> she is. Very excited about this new chapter. Can't, I can't, I mean, like, I'm super curious to, I never can predict what her music sounds like. I never, I never know what it's going to be. You never know, but it's a new chapter. And speaking of new chapters, those were the A-sides. Those were the A-sides. Up next, the B-sides, where we take a deep dive into a specific topic. Let's go. Well, those were the A-sides. Love the A-sides. They're great. Every time. They are. Um, so let's get into our B-sides topic. Okay. The topic that we get into every time for a deep dive. Mm-hmm. And um, today we're going to be talking about the kind of music that this is sort of a feelings episode. A feelings episode. A, it's a feelings episode. Buckle Every episode up. is, but feelings are coming. Buckle up. Yes. Um, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about artists that we connect with either in a particular season or that we just sort of connect with on a really deep level. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the artists that have resonated with us through the years. So there's sort okay, of like great. a couple of things going on here. We've got we've got seasons, seasons of life, mm-hmm. seasons of love. <laughs> uh, we can't then, get too far in a besides podcast episode without quoting rent. No. We just can't. Nope. Um, and then and then who we connect with on what feels like sort of like a bone marrow level. AKA, where would I personally be without Jenny Lewis? Mm, it's a great mm. question. An alternate thing. Yeah. Luckily, I don't have to find out. No. But so the obvious foil to this question and to this topic is the artist that we thought we once liked for yeah. one reason or another because of a person or one person or another or some circumstance that came to realize that these particular artists weren't really making the kind of noises that resonated with us in some way. I'm so glad you just called music noises. That yeah. really just touched my soul. Just the sounds they were making and in some way or another, just they weren't quite right. That's so real because I feel like there's so much, especially like my identity between ages like 16 to 22, where I couldn't figure out if, you know, some parts of my identity that were connected to music were, was because of, was my own taste or what was influenced by someone else and that was really hard for me to like untangle yeah. I'll also stories. never forget mm-hmm. when I was 12 or 13 you know away messages were such a big thing and like how like I would steal people's quotes mm-hmm. from like away messages that were like songs that I hadn't listened to I just like lyric mm-hmm. but um oh, but it's that same goodness. kind of thing that where someone else was influencing my music choice because like did I think I necessarily like the used <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I was feeling whatever at that time. And I was like, this is a good away message. And I want everyone else to to signal everyone else that I listen to the used. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's back there. Yeah, that's a good point. And actually, I did read this article about Jenny Lewis Mm -hmm. that called her the poet laureate of I am away messages. Oh, so great. Which I think is great. Yeah. Um, But that's totally true. I would also, I think see someone else sort of like have something in there in in their profile or their away message Mm. sometimes it was the profile so you like caught it again you're like ooh, this sounds thoughtful or this sounds like alternative in a way that i need to get behind well 
Yeah. What sparked all of this for me, I think this particular topic is it's springtime right now. It is. And in the springtime, I always sort of feel like I'm emotionally thawing for lack of a better way to say it. And the music that I'm listening to is related to that. It's often a lot of like folk music or like, you know, alternative rock or Jenny Lewis. When would you say you first realized that? Um, like, is this a new realization mm-hmm. or is this something that like when you were 10, you were like, it's springtime, happy music. No, it's not. It's not that old. Probably um, sometime in like late high school or early college nice. was when I was like. Everything is, what... is thawing. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it probably it probably started before then, but nice. I just didn't realize it. It didn't cool. become like a pattern, you know. So, so yeah, and there, you know, there are other times, but if you, if you pin it to a time of year, it's, it's springtime, I think. Mm-hmm. And I listen to a lot of Jenny Lewis, although I will listen to her whenever, you know. So before I get further into that, maybe let's talk about this idea of seasons of music. Like mm-hmm. Hannah and Becky, do you have songs or albums that you could say that you listen to on a very seasonal basis or you hear it once and you quickly associate it with a particular season or a moment like that. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think that I listen to music seasonally less than you do, but I definitely have the sensory experience of listening to a song and putting myself back in a moment, which I do associate with seasons. I feel like there's an obvious one to talk about here for a lot of our listeners and I'll just do it, which is red Mm -hmm. by Taylor Swift, that album. Um, And I think Um, so for those of you who, um, saw the B-sides zine when it came out a few months ago, um, an amazing, uh, piece in there was, was putting, uh, Taylor Swift songs as seasons and like the funniest quote, I should have pulled it up before talking, but it's something like, um, from, uh, it was like, I had heard autumn existed before red, but that can't actually be proven because, Mm -hmm. We're all pretty sure that autumn is a concept that was invented by Taylor Swift in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's both, it's equal parts, um, the songs themselves, which are very like transitional, very liminal, very betwixt and between, um, you know, these really important moments um, of growth and of hibernation for her. Um, so it's it's both the lyrical pieces. I also think there is the, the melodies there are, um, you know, very autumnal in terms of like there's a lot of slow songs but that are that still build um and and there is you know summer fun songs but even the summer fun songs kind of come with this like uh air of nostalgia that i really find autumnal but then of course it's also that it came out in the fall and it was actually a fall that i spent um living in New Hampshire and I was driving a lot. So I had a lot of time in the car and New Hampshire in the fall is very beautiful. So I like, I like literally associate like pictures in my mind of, of like beautiful, beautiful, you know, autumn trees of many colors while like scream singing all too well mm-hmm. in the car. So it's both the like content of the songs themselves and just the moment when they dropped, which was like a very, you know, which was the fall. Yeah, I think of Sam. I was studying abroad in Germany, and I can like place like all the music that I listened to, yeah. like from that album throughout my mm-hmm. entire time abroad. Ugh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it was just such a, a poignant, a poignant time, fall twenty twelve, and I was in upstate New York, which is also very like beautiful. nature. Yeah, um, 
and yeah it's a fall album for sure i love that for sure becky what about you well i have a a few thoughts one is that i can measure a lot of my life with musicals that i've seen and times um seasonal like that like so uh hannah knows this but for those of you at at home that don't is i was a devoted fan of spring awakening and i associate that with the fall of Two, no, winter of 2006, mm-hmm. I guess, or seven. Um, shout out to my mom, who's probably listening to this, who took me to see it for getting uh, good grades for two quarters. But mm-hmm. I associate that those songs from that soundtrack so much from the winter. And like, yes, there's also this obvious spring awakening of it. But <laughs> that album very much is an album that I like to listen to in the wintertime because it gives me hope for thinking about like that the spring and the summer are going to happen oh my goodness mm-hmm. despite the show being horribly sad but um you have memories waiting outside in line like in the winter being cold yes that too <laughs> but we also saw it in the summer we so. did becky took me to two of the three times i saw that show right i saw it a lot of times yeah you saw, how many times what was your final count i think i saw it like 10 times before it went <laughs> wow. on you know we we were um Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't. We were talking previously, or I was talking about this with someone, stars that we've stand from the beginning. And I will say, I yeah. guess Leah Michelle. I don't think of her that yeah. way, but I saw her at her very first hmm. performance. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But And then when she was with Glee, I was like, it's my girl. I was like, I know her. She's my friend. I mean, I felt, I felt bought into Glee immediately just because I was like, that's my girl, Leah. Same. Um, but anyway, I also associate... Um, certain songs in the summer like timber and a lot of kesha songs Uh and like hardcore pop songs like some black eyed peas um what's the song let i got a feeling feeling. yeah it's like quote unquote like songs of the summer i know they always say that but they really do there's a reason for it yeah think of songs that i associate with like being warm and being outside being at barbecues um etc I also think there's something about summer, and now we'll see whatever the song of the summer of 2019 is, or especially growing up at least, not as much anymore, but I just had more time to listen to music. Right. And I yes. like, especially in high school, like when, you know, I had a car, I would just like, I just listened to more music. So that means that the songs of the summer, I just, I consumed them more. Yeah. So they have like a more intense, that's why California Girls yeah. is like so freaking 20 2010, right? Is it 2010? Yeah. I really associate summer that with 2010. Oh my gosh. That was like... I mean, we could do a whole another episode about what songs the summer are like, but it was just, it was, it was the onslaught that you get because you're just like always in the car. And if you live in the Philly suburbs, as uh, Mimi and I did, you're going to turn on Q102 and California sure Girls. Sure are. <laughs> it's going to be there. You and might then, even be sitting in a park at midnight and someone's phone you might. will be playing it. You, you know, might. that's, a, I guess they're also sort of like more like mediums in the summer because in the winter you're probably uh-huh. inside. Summer, like, there's a lot of places where you might be hearing all these songs. The options are endless. It's endless. Yeah, California Girls. Airplanes. Airplanes. That was the summer. Oh, my God. Airplanes. That was the summer song. I hope he's doing okay. I I, I feel like I have an association in my head that he let something bad happened surrounding him, but I can't can't tell you what it is, so... We'll do some uh do some digging and give an update. Write in the comments if you know what's up with B.O.B. Let Please us know. On podcast. Email us. Email us. At gmail.com if you know what, what's going on with B.O.B. He and had a great song with Taylor Swift. All um Both of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a great song. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. 
Yeah. He, didn't he also have a song with Weezer? I'm sure. Don't remember. That okay. doesn't ring a bell. Magic is what it was called. Really? I don't know yeah. that song. I'm not going to sing it right now. Okay, we'll get it. But we'll just trust to... me that oh, it I exists. can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. If anyone knows what's going on with Yobi, let us know. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll investigate. The music really does have this ability to put you in a in a seasonal spirit mm -hmm. and i like the idea of not just of kind of using it not just as oh this song or album reminds me of the fall or reminds me of the spring but actually using times of the calendar to go back to certain songs or right. albums or artists i love that right all right so let's talk more about um jenny lewis we have to. and and other artists who mean similar things hmm. to us all so I grew up listening to a lot of different types of music. I was also, I was always listening to, to pop music and getting a little bit made fun of for it. Mm -hmm. I was always listening to, my dad really introduced me to Motown. My mom really mm -hmm. introduced me to the Beatles and some other classic rock. So, you know, I had some of that going on. 80s were a blind spot for a long time. Oh yeah. But I was also listening to a lot of dudes who were like cool to my older brother, which I have, um, or like, or like a crush at the time, you know? And I thought to some degree, I like this music and I hadn't realized that. And some of it I, I do, but a lot of it, I didn't actually really connect with like Radiohead, uh -huh. for instance. Or Radiohead is overrated. Raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by someone who made you <laughs> like Radiohead, but you knew that you did it. <laughs> yeah. Virtual hands raised. Hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, all, we all raised our hands. Um, you know, like they just are, they're overrated. I've said this before. It's my line in the sand. That's just how it is. Even th even like Incubus and other things. Yeah. So like my brother. Yeah, I will just say I'm really proud of our bravery because mm -hmm. this is one of, you know, we're, we're just starting off this B-Sides podcast and already we've now lost everybody yeah. who likes Radiohead. Right. They have turned it off. Right. Sorry to everybody we've now lost. We think it's worth it. Right. <laughs> it probably wasn't the right fit if you're a complete Radiohead stan. Listen, we're not, maybe we're not we're, totally tracking Yeah, them. maybe that's my growing edge is, yeah. to, is for us to learn more about Radiohead, but probably not, yeah. actually. And things like, and I'm going to get some flack for this too, like okay. Springsteen. You don't like Springsteen? Like, I do. I do. It's okay. I won't make but, you... No, I do. And I, I, I recognize his importance, but like combing through Springsteen or like going back and combing through like yeah. Bob Dylan, where everyone was like, oh, like Bob Dylan's the best. And like trying to contort myself yeah. into this position yeah. where I can convince myself that I really love this music. Yeah. When really like I rarely actually stood, understood what would compel anyone to live their lives to some of these discographies <laughs> i know that sounds harsh but it's it's really just um i don't know with some of these bands it's like the closest thing i could get to relating was like relating through crushes whether yeah. it was whether it was like fostering one on a front man when i yeah. was younger or like making a song or artist like inextricable yeah from a uh, from an IRL crush. Right, exactly. It's funny that you mentioned Bob Dylan because that for me was someone that I had a crush on who was obsessed with Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to be obsessed with Bob Dylan too. Mm -hmm. And got like very obsessed with Bob Dylan. And then the minute I stopped that crush, I literally didn't listen to Bob Dylan for years. And I felt like 
liberated from mm-hmm. Bob, Bob Dylan. And it's only been the last like year or so where now I listen to some Bob Dylan songs. I'm like, oh, these actually, these aren't. Because yeah. I swung the complete opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is bullshit. This is all just like nonsense that this guy is whining. How did I ever think that I could like this? And now I'm kind of like, okay, I'll land somewhere. I can like some of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like for so long, it's like, ah, yes, here's this thing we have in common. Like we love this. Like we. this is like, <laughs> if we can't be together, at least we can like Bob Dylan. <laughs> we all have some of those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, And then I heard more adventurous by Jenny Lewis and Rilo Kiley. Rilo Kiley mm. for the first time with Jenny Lewis as the front woman. When it came out in 2004 and I was opened. The skies opened. I was 13. My brother actually, I think, introduced me to it because he is cool and like open to that. And it was just like a totally different thing. Like I've said that it, you know, it actually felt like her voice was my voice or like her music felt mm. like it was actually for me or it was like an older sister, like yeah. sitting me down and, and telling me how it is. Um, and you know, she just makes, she just makes being smart and sad. Cool. Like in a real way, models. in a substantive way, yeah. in an emotionally productive yeah, way. Not in a manic pixie dream girl. Exactly. Way. Exactly. No. Um, and there's something about being the front woman of a band too, with all of these, all of these guys that was very sort of like, I think for a lot of, and a lot of friends I've talked to who also stand Jenny Lewis, it's like, she is the first woman they saw singing and playing a guitar yeah. with a bunch of men and to, in the band sort of backing her and to have it be, um, and Rilo Kylie was actually less this way and then became more about her because her voice was just like the best by far. And she was a better storyteller and things like that. But it's like, you never, you never hear Like she is singing about some dude and these dudes are like backing her and you like never get that yeah. almost. Um, and it was before I sort of had this vocabulary of like, whatever, patriarchy yeah. and things like that. And I was sort of, but I was sort or of even power dynamics, this. right? Power dynamics. Yeah. Like things that I always felt, but I didn't really uh, know how to express or, or really put into words. And then something that we've, t- Becky and I sort of like talked about briefly and we'll talk about more is like, she's produced so much and relatively consistently. Yeah. So you can actually sort of like grow with her. I think also cool is you can grow with her and then grow like how she sheds Rilo Kylie and then as Jenny and Johnny and then does her own solo mm. work and she's like still collaborating, but you know, like different Do those stages, stages feel life, to you all because you're much more devoted fans than I am? Like, do they feel connected? Do they all feel like her even as they grow and as they change? Are you ever like, oh, what direction did you just go in? This was a surprise. Um... I think that different albums are sometimes accomplishing different things, but, or that she's like gone through a phase and is reckoning with something new, but so many of them have to do with like the same big themes of like love and loss and birth and death. And, and, uh, and they're so, they're so like specific and emotionally honest in a Mm. lot of ways. And actually even like her newest album on the line this I actually think she did 
better than some previous ones because she sort of had like the first few songs I think are more sort of like panoramic about yeah. things that are going on. And then and then she talks about more specific things in wow. later tracks. So I think I think she's evolved, but it's it's never like I've listened to an out well, there was one that I didn't love, but it doesn't matter. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. There was a lot not to love. <laughs> um but um but in general I don't feel like I've been sort of like let down by her. I don't nice. know what you think, Becky. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think she's pretty consistent in like what you kind of like, you know what you're going to get type thing yeah. when listening to her, which is always nice. But I, I do kind of prefer her older stuff to her newer stuff. Mm. It's more folky, her older stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She actually went, so it's like the execution of all things, which is a Rilo Kylie album from, I believe, 2002. It was very like sort of like alt rock. Um, and then more adventurous was sort of somewhere in between, which is I think my favorite one if I had to choose. And then and then there was Under the Black Light in two thousand seven, uh-huh. and that one was like country rock. And I Whoa. was like, that's like a that's a wild thing to do in like two steps to sort of. I know it that doesn't. Is. It may not seem like it, but like alt rock to country rock is kind of like crazy. And Whoa. she sort of straddles that line if there is one. Wow. So my biggest regret in life is she and John when she was with Jenny and Johnny they came to my college and I freshman year and I chose to go home that weekend mm-hmm. she like played oh, no. an intimate show during parents weekend and I I missed it you'll uh, never, never get they are not together anymore so oh my yeah, goodness that's a shame so that was like really important at a young age for you to be able to see her make smart and sad yeah women cool yeah and to front to be the front I was gonna say front man front person yeah yeah those messages are so important like this is so cheesy but I when I was watching um uh homecoming the Beyonce Coachella Mm -hmm. documentary I it took me and my boyfriend a long time to get through because we kept stopping it and starting it because there was so much to talk about and also I was like just crying every time I every part of it I was crying I actually cry during most things. I cry during many commercials. I cry during many songs. It doesn't take a lot for me to cry. But like one of the times we had to pause was when she had like an amazing woman just shredding Mm -hmm. and I just like lost it. And it was one of those things where at this point in my life, you know, I've seen a lot of women shred and still, it still gets me because it's still, it just doesn't look, it's not what I thought could happen it's not what I saw as examples especially during my most formative times Mm -hmm. um and I think I probably should have gotten into Rilo Kiley earlier so that it wouldn't have felt like it was such a uh it's still whenever I see it I'm like oh my goodness it's still a little jarring it's jarring you still don't see it that often I had to Um, pause it and tell Logan like you don't know how powerful this is (laughs) she she opened a lot of like she opened the door for him yeah I would argue excuse me um, yeah, and she just gives off yeah. this like I don't give a fuck right. attitude. Which yeah, it's dual. Like I don't refreshing. give a fuck, and also like I don't give a fuck to the point where like I really give a fuck, and I'm I gonna really like I'm gonna like say a lot of things right that yeah. people don't say, <sighs> and in, and not in like an abrasive way. Uh huh. Not I just I I would agree that I think she opened the door for for Heim and uh-huh. other like girl alt pop bands 
Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm here for it. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah. So it's great. Love her. Um, So she's a forever fave. She's a forever fave. So as thanks for letting me ramble about Jenny Lewis. Always. Um, Are there any albums or artists, other people we haven't talked about who've really gotten you guys through something or helped you grow as a person somehow where you're like, to an extent where you're like, I don't know where I would be without this artist, which sounds dramatic, but I think we all have. Well, on the same token as Jenny Lewis, a pre Jenny mm-hmm. Lewis's, um, I don't know where like I would be without Carol King or Joni Mitchell, wow. which is like a similar, and that definitely comes from like my mom, but I still like, there are days whenever like, if I'm feeling down, like I'll listen to Carol King or I'll listen to Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Not that they necessarily pump me up because that's not what they are, but they let you like kind of be and like sulk in that moment. Always knowing like that they're there. Right. They let you like move through something. Yeah. At whatever pace you have to and sort of like sit with it. Yeah. I love that. And Mm -hmm. they're obviously open the door for people like Jenny Lewis to exist. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love them very much. I think Tapestry was one of the first albums my mom ever bought me. Yeah, it's definitely a mom, a mom daughter. It is. There's something special about that. I think Gilmore Girls also opened the door Uh for a mom daughter Carol Carol King experience. Oh my god, you're so right. You're so right. I mean, the person who comes to mind for me is like interesting because, um, it's in a different vein. I'm trying to be a, a little not a little different which is Demi Lovato which is kind of funny for me to say but part of why she comes to mind for me is just because I've been obsessed with her music for so long but it was always in this way where I felt I felt wrong about it I felt guilty about it because she not by a lot but she is younger than me and her audience has have always been much younger than me um And I've always felt weird about it. And I think that has totally like my love for Demi Lovato and her music, which some of it is even her early stuff. Some of it's actually fine. And some of it is total crap and that's fine. But I loved it at at the time. Get Back, her first single. I love that song. That's a great song. And a part of how it shaped my identity is that she's been a touchstone for me that no one can take away. And it was always uh, a it, it, my being a fan of Demi was always something I had to feel a little bit embarrassed about and therefore go on the offensive and justify. And that's probably why I'm obsessed with the B-sides and probably why I'm obsessed with um, bringing legitimacy to pop music because I just like loved Demi Lovato. I felt really bad about it and I was always on the offensive so no one could make me feel bad about it. I was like, well, Demi's amazing. And if you don't like her, then you can go up a tree. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I think she really helped craft that like a part of my identity that's obsessed with pop music. That's amazing. <laughs> that's great. I think um, there's there's a lot to this. Mm-hmm. And, and some of it we can probably, you know, touch on in a, on a later date. I think we later, will. Later episode. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. And all of, all of these artists that we still like that we've grown with are artists that we started liking as teenagers. Yeah. 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 And that most people, the music that they, and even like my parents, the music, they, my mom was like listening to the Beatles and learning Beatles songs on the guitar. 
and listening to Carol King and things like that. And my dad was listening to some other classic rock and, and Motown and stuff. And it's like that music stays with you and you, it's the music that yeah. hits you in a certain way or like imprints on you yeah. when you're a teen Yeah, and, and you're, you're feeling things um, in, in a particular way. So. And it yeah. really becomes yours. Yeah. 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 And this is how my brother felt felt with Vampire Weekend a little bit mm. and why I think his expectations are high for every album. Yeah. You know, or, or they're not, or he's like, they're not as good anymore, mm. but you know, he's the disappointment can be a real thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's cool to think about tracking personal identity via standing. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Growth through standing. Growth through standing. Great. Cool. Well, let's go to the east side. Let's. Let's. All right. Here we are with the east side. So we asked you guys what you think about this topic, in particular in the Facebook group. We Which asked, you also join. Yes. Um, what's a song, artist, or album you listen to only in certain seasons? We got great answers. Yeah. So let's read a few of them. Melanie said, I feel like those older Katy Perry songs are strictly summer. Totally. Right. I.e. California Girls, Teenage Dream, Hot and Cold, et cetera. Yes. Yeah. Cosign. Cosign. Retweet. Yes. <laughs> um, Molly. Molly laid out some in every season, which we always appreciate. So yeah. 1989. Some albums. Fall. So these are like full Did she albums. say fall for 1989? Yeah. Yeah. fall. It did come out. In it fall, did. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Taylor like kind of owns fall, which is yeah, why if she comes out, actually, to not to get in the middle of the U sides, but um, if she drops a summer album, I think that will say a lot about her because Reputation was a winter album, and if this is a summer album, I think that's going to be very um, like on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be a, a message she's trying to because it used to be that she used to only put out songs, put out albums in the fall. Right. Was Fearless a I don't know. For me, it was a spring album. Yeah. But I'll I think it, it was a winter spring. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Um, melodrama from Lord. Lord. Lemonade, Beyonce. To me, so summer, to me, that's like a late spring, summer yeah. kind of thing. Tell Me, Love Me, Demi, Definitely Fall, and Sweet, Sexy, Savage, Spring. That's yeah. a great album. Yeah. But then um, Fearless came out in November of 2008. Interesting. So yeah, she's a fall queen. But a lot of us weren't listening to it until like January. That's true. That's true. Right. Because November is actually pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. And we weren't, she wasn't on everyone's radar in the same way. That's right. another thing. Correct. Um. But yeah. And also Molly points out that some songs from albums are sort of make the most sense in entirely different seasons. Like yeah. Queen on 1989 is a strictly end of winter song. I kind of see that as, because it's also sort of the end of the album. It's yes. like, you become familiar with an album in the fall, let's say, yeah. 1989. And then some of the songs take longer to get to know. And then it's sort of like winter yes. by the time you're, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Same for Begin Again on the Red album. Same for Begin Again. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I also think that, that Clean being an end of winter song, it's like she knew what she was, what we were going to talk about, which she didn't, which is that about thawing. Mm-hmm. And like Clean is literally a, basically a song about essentially about thawing mm-hmm. from something mm-hmm. so it's like i totally we're mm-hmm. we're on the same page it's yeah beautiful song. <laughs> we're, we're picking beautiful up song. we're picking up what everyone's doing down 
Uh, Mara says Taylor Swift's self-titled record is my go-to end of summer album. Old Taylor always seems to come to me during nostalgic end of summer heat. Mm. Yes. There is nothing like nostalgic end of summer heat. Right. That is like a very specific brain space to be in. Right. End of August. Just, it's so real. Pulls a lot of punches. <laughs> um, Mimi. Not you, Mimi. Who is not me, to be clear. <laughs> Lana Del Rey, only in the last part of the transition from winter to spring. I don't make the rules. Hmm, emotionally thawing. Emotionally thawing again. It's so interesting. Um, Chance and Jeremiah's Merry Christmas, Little Mama 1 and 2 can only be listened to November 15th to January 15th. As a lot of Christmas music. Yeah. I think I think January 15th is a little late, but it's good enough. That I it's... think it's the cutoff for a lot of things, I mm-hmm. would say. It's one of those, you know, it's a cutoff for things you really should stop listening to December 29th, but mm-hmm. you just can't stop. Mm-hmm. Like for me, Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Yep. I just, I can't stop listening to it, even though I really should. And January 15th is probably when it's time to just reel it in. Same for All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Gary. Yeah, yeah. Victoria says, if you listen to Bonnie Bear's first album and it's not the dead of winter, you have to go straight to jail. That's listen, true. As prison ab- abolitionists, we, I mean, we agree with this. Yeah. You still, you have to go to jail. Yeah. That's the, the only people that should be in jail are the people that listen to Bonnie Bear in the summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Everybody else. Those are the rules. Those are the yeah. rules. Those are the rules. I feel the same <laughs> way about flea foxes, if anyone out there. Oh, yes. of course. Oh my goodness. Um, and honestly, early Mumford and Sons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I do love like, and especially a lot of these, knowing some people on this list, but not everybody. So who, who just, who sent in their U sides. I do feel like a lot of what people were sharing were seasonal moments of their forever faves. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you, you do go through, you have your forever faves who are always with you and you kind of reach for them in certain moments, but they are not just people who come and go. I would say, except for, of course, Katy Perry, where I don't, enjoy listening to California girls and if it comes up on a summer barbecue I'll let it slide but any other time I'll be like leave me alone <laughs> yeah yeah otherwise these are forever faves Great. those are the u-sides yes we love the u-sides thank you so much for your input and let us know what you think if we missed anything mm-hmm. or you have any takes on our forever faves and our seasons of faves all right that's our show yay, yay. we did it yay we love talking with you we do so follow us on Instagram at listen to the B-Sides, on Twitter at the B-Sides pod, and join our Facebook group by searching the B-Sides or going to bit.ly slash B-Sides FB group. Definitely do all those things. Our Twitter is brand new. We have like no tweets, so we should figure out like definitely follow us on Twitter and then let's okay. co-create what we want our Twitter to look like. But first we need yeah let's make a tweet storm let's make a tweet storm um and also email us with questions and thoughts and ideas yeah at listen to the b-sides at gmail.com do it and also one more task <laughs> rate and review us on itunes yes use the word future for this episode in your review so we know you listen to this particular one yes um and that's about it that let is us, let us know let us know Whoa. what feedback you have we so, love it Until the next time we cut to the feeling. Bye, friends. I'm Mimi. I'm Hannah Zoe. I'm Becky. See you next time. Bye. Bye.